Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Hey, I'm Shauna Compton Game. This is Millennial Money. And today we're talking the real reality of the retirement crisis with Jeffrey Small. Millennial Money with Shauna Compton Game. It will expand your brain. I remember in my early 20s, especially when I first graduated college, the idea of talking about retirement was something that was like, what? You want me to think about what? Like, I haven't even barely started my career. You know, what am I doing thinking about retirement? And I wish that somebody had grabbed me and shaken me and explained the reality of, you know, when you start saving and you start putting money away, even if it's just a really small amount of money, when you're in your early 20s, how powerful that can be when you get towards retirement or really at any point in life when you just want to make another decision with your life. You know, I think if I would have been able to see a graphic or a picture of what even 
$25 would have done consistently over, you know, my early 20s until now, I think that that might have been captivating enough for me to at least pay attention. But, you know, I mean, we don't talk about these things. Even when we're in our 30s, we're usually so focused on, you know, building our career and we're focused on having kids and buying a house and, you know, all of these really expensive things that a lot of times the idea of saving or putting the max into your 401k at work is just something that that feels like an utter chore. You know, it's like, well, I'll just think about it later because I'm going to have plenty of time later to to figure this all out. And I think, you know, what I've seen is that the problem is, is that we get into that thinking of later, 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 and I've been guilty of it myself. And then we get to a point where like later is almost too late. And then you run into options that aren't so pleasant. I mean, if you look at the statistics of, you know, the the real big market decline in 2008 and 2009 and where, you know, so many people lost 30, 40, 50% of their retirement savings, you know, if you were getting ready to retire, yeah, that was a really crappy day for you, a couple of days, a year, you know, it was, it was a really bad time because, you know, if you can imagine having half of what you had saved, it just wiped away and, and not really having a whole lot of other options. That's a really, that's a really scary place to be because, uh, you know, for a lot of people, they just, they don't know where to go from there, you know, and then you get in this place of panic, of fear around money and you can't even think straight, you know, I mean, even if you were in your 20s or 30s and you lost half of your portfolio, I mean, that's enough to like make you open your eyes and go, uh, wait a minute, but, but the thing is, is that people like Warren Buffett, I mean, he's just a name I'll throw out there. So many other people, you name a lot of the big CEOs of companies, you know, any of these people who really have figured out making wealth, growing wealth, you know, if you if you want to use that word. I know that's not necessarily like a great word. A lot of people don't like the word wealth, but you get at least the, the image, right? You know, growing wealth, it takes a consistent investment in something and usually lots of things over a period of time. And there are going to be ups and downs and backwards and forwards. You know, just recently, um, this week, this past week, the stock market has, you know, kind of uh, lost a lot of its luster. Um, you know, and for those of you listening to this podcast that are, are worried about that, I want to bring you a, a couple quotes. Uh, I talked to Greg McBride, who is a CFA at bankrate.com. And, you know, I wanted to find out from him how should you be thinking about the stock market drop? You know, should you be freaking out? And he had some really good words of wisdom. You know, he said that uh, the market drop, while understandably is fairly unsettling, unsettling to investors, it just takes us back about two months. You know, the S&P 500 closed, uh, last closed lower than this on December 7th. Market corrections are normal no matter how nerve-wracking they are at the time. And just really to hang in there and maintain this long-term perspective and, and, you know, resist that urge that you have for any knee-jerk reactions. And really, he said, you know, look at the big picture. If he could tell you anything, it was really to focus on the things that are good. You know, the economy is improving, more people are working, they're seeing more money in their paychecks. Tax reform hopefully will boost the bottom line of businesses and households. You know, if the market is failing, that just means that things are on sale now. And I think, you know, it's it's tough, especially when you're a new investor. 
in the stock market to think about that theory, really, that, you know, when stocks go lower, like this might actually be a good time to buy more, you know, it's kind of counterintuitive. But if you really read, you know, books from some of the great investors, they're going to echo this statement over and over and over again. And the brilliance is, you know, if you've started to save, even if it's just a tiny, tiny amount of money early on, you're not immune to the decline. The decline's still going to affect you, but you have such a long time horizon that, you know, even in a couple years, you're not even going to, I mean, it's just going to be a like a minor blip in the overall growth of your portfolio. So I think, you know, our brains tend to focus on just the negative. All we see is just the negative. And that's not just with our money. I mean, that's with everything, right? Relationships, our job, our career, our life, you know, we tend to like blow up everything that is not so great and skip over those things that that are actually good. You know, if you were invested even at the beginning of last year, you've had a lot of gain over, you know, 2017. So, you know, you're still way up, even with the market decline. And, you know, things are very cyclical. The market's very cyclical. So, I was really excited to have today's guest on the podcast. He is a seasoned financial expert, uh, Jeffrey is, and he just wrote this new book, Turning Financial Planning Right Side Up. And, you know, he's been in the industry quite a while, and he's got really good chunks of information in this book. I so enjoyed reading this book. If you're really interested in not just financial planning, but investing and kind of how to have the right mindset around it, Reading is one of the best things you can do. Uh, You know, sometimes you just pick up a little gem here or there, but this is definitely a great book for that. And, um, you know, he said that we're, we're really in a time where we need good financial information and excellent financial advice. And I couldn't agree more. He said, you know, we're not getting it. And that's really a huge problem. You know, uh, life expectancy is longer. People are living longer. Medical costs are going up. There's no arguing about that. Uh, Social security is tenuous. You don't have to worry about social security yet, but you know, it might not be existent when you need it. And of course the markets are rocky. And, you know, he says that this information that, that enters our homes, whether it's in the mail, the TV, the internet, it's, it's just dubious at best. Uh, So he, he really wrote this book. So opportunities won't be lost behind everything else you're bombarded with concerning your finances. And so you can put your interest first. And he's really hoping that it's going to clear up, you know, a lot of misconceptions, stop the leaks and provide a clear view and a best path for viable options. And I think especially when you're a younger investor, it's really good to hear lots of different opinions, lots of different thoughts about investing, and then allow yourself to come up with something that works for you. But I think just putting the earmuffs on and going, you know, I don't need to think about retirement now, or, you know, I don't trust the stock market, or, uh, you know, I saw what happened in 2008, 2009, and I'm just never going to be party to that. I think putting those blinders and those earmuffs on, it's not going to really help you move forward towards the financial goals that you want to achieve. It might keep you really safe and really secure. And hey, I'm like you, like (laughs) I like to be safe and secure. I still have a blanket for God's sakes that I love that, you know, I sleep with every single night. So I'm right there with you. I love being safe and secure, but it's not moving you forward. And I think that's the thing that 
you know, whether it's just tiny steps, those are the things to think about is how can you move yourself forward? And even if investing scares the crap out of you, reading books like this and hearing these different thoughts and ideas about the market, just allow them to sink in a little bit and um, see if you maybe can't find, you know, a comfy place. So I'm, I'm so excited to talk with Jeffrey about, you know, all these cool nuggets that are hidden inside his book. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless. 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash ETM to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash ETM. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied, or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report and <laughs> I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash ETM and enter code ETM at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash ETM. 
Go to joindeleteme.com slash ETM and use code ETM for 20% off. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks and they even allow customers to submit suggestions vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash ETM for your extended 30-day free trial. Talking about money is hard. You know this already. All over the world, people are taught to never talk about money, politics, sex, or religion in polite company. On 50 Fires, a podcast about money and meeting from executive producers Chip and Joanna Gaines, host and financial conversationalist Carl Richards, We'll remove money from that list by having frank, funny, and often difficult conversations about money, the kind we're all told not to have, with guests from all walks of life. In each episode, Carl will invite a new guest to answer the question, what does money mean to you? Their answers will reveal much more than their attitudes about money, spanning revelations about identity, community, faith, family, and the true meaning of wealth. Tune in to hear deep conversations about money and the meaning it holds in our lives. You can find 50 Fires on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Jeffrey, I am so excited to have you on the podcast and share all of your financial wisdom. You have a number one new release book in retirement planning called Turning Financial Planning Right Side Up. And, you know, there have been so many ups and downs in the market lately, particularly this week. Why do you think, though, talking about and thinking about retirement is so important for millennials, even if right now it's the last thing they're thinking about? Well, millennials have uh, probably the toughest gap to make up in retirement because there's been a short squeeze and job opportunities combined with having to pay for your own college. But additionally, millennials have a trust factor. Um, They don't really want to trust advisors. They'd rather do things themselves. And this is where they can get hurt the most. So millennials really need to work with advisors or find an advisor that they can trust, guide them through the maze of investing because there's no college course on financial literacy, unfortunately. 
Yeah, absolutely. And you talk about that trust factor. Factor. I mean, that's something that I certainly hear from a lot of listeners is, you know, seeing what happened in, you know, 2008, 2009, and maybe seeing what happened to their parents or their relatives and feeling really uncertain about what is the right way to start investing in the market? What advice would you give to somebody who is, you know, mid-20s, just kind of starting out and trying to figure out where do, where do they start? How do they make sense of this? Well, you know, it's not rocket science. The first thing they have to do is become disciplined, and they really have to learn how to save more than they spend. Um, that's the most important thing. They should be saving at least 20 to 25% of what they earn if they can afford to do that. And if they can do that, they're going to be way ahead of the game. The second thing is, what do we put the money into? And that's where they need to find an advisor because if you don't get educated correctly, lack of education leads to trust, mistrust, which leads to mistakes. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. I mean, I'm sure you've seen that a, a ton in your own career. So you have been in the financial industry for for quite a while now. Tell us a little bit about uh, your own journey, your own money journey, and uh, why, you know, talking about finance is something that you're super passionate about. Well, I, I was a market historian when I was in high school. I started studying the stock markets, and uh, I was really, you know, quite infatuated with the markets and finance. And understanding how markets work is a whole different dynamic. But the market runs in long-term cycles, I discovered. And those cycles last 14 to 20 years, either in an upwards fashion, and we call that a long-term secular bull, or a downwards fashion, a long-term secular bear. And so in order to modernize your money, if you're a millennial, you have to understand what cycle of the market we're in. That's the most important thing. And right now we're at a top. you know, And that's why the market's been having a hard time the last couple of days, and we took a 4% hit today off the market. Right. It's just, uh, it's just cyclical, right? I mean, it's, it's not a whole lot more than that. And yet, you know, there's so much emotion that goes into investing. How can you, especially if you're a young investor, you know, kind of rationalize that? Well, you really can't because if you're a young investor, you have no idea how to get in and how to get out. And so, you know, the the stock market is not really rocket science either. There's there's a supply of people that want to sell a stock and a supply of people that want to buy a stock, and it's an auction market. And we have an overabundance of either one. On the buy side of the equation, it pushes prices up. On the sell side of the equation, like today, we have more sellers than buyers, prices fall. And so the, the guessing game is, how do we know when to get in? Well, of course, when there's more sellers. According to Warren Buffett, he has this saying, I don't buy stocks unless there's blood on the streets, so to speak. And so that's what we want to buy was when the market's down as opposed to when the market's high. But the market is still relatively high right now. But we have a very interesting dynamic economically. We have an expanding economy and a rising interest rate environment with double-digit earnings growth on the major market companies. And so we have a very different dynamic now. The complexion of the market is getting ready to change significantly so, hence since the the correction started last week. Right, exactly. Yeah. So there's a lot of different factors that are playing into that. And I think, you know, especially if you're a new investor, it's, it's hard to to figure that all out. And there's a lot of voices out there, you know, spouting information. And, you know, in particular, I know there's a certain trend with uh, Bitcoin investing with the younger generation. And that is certainly taken a very interesting uh, dynamic in the last couple of days, hasn't it? It really has. You know, Bitcoin has literally been crashing um, ever since its peak at 18,000. It's down by over 100, you know, 50% since then, more than 50%, 60%. So 
I think um, to all the Bitcoin fans out there, I think that you got to be really careful. Once the Securities and Exchange Commission, the SEC, the governing body that oversees all investments and securities, once they start actually officially regulating Bitcoin and the Bitcoin equation, that's when we know it will have traction and it will be around. But until that happens and the major market brokers and wirehouses allow you to trade Bitcoin, it's not going to really ever be a real player, even though blockchain technology makes sense. So they may want to invest in some blockchain technology companies for the long term. Right, exactly. Yeah, I think that's such great information. So if if you're a new investor, and even if you're a more maybe seasoned millennial investor, but uh, you don't really know what you're looking at when you're looking at a stock or you're picking funds, is there any cheat sheet information you can give us about, you know, different things we can look at so that we can figure out whether something might be a good investment for us? What folks want to focus in on, no matter what their age, millennials, Gen Xers, or baby boomers, what they want to focus in on are the perennials inside of each particular space. Now, let's look at those. The Facebooks, the Amazons, the Netflix, the Googles, the Apples, those types of components will always be around their leaders. And then there's growth sectors in technology that will be really hot too as well. So, you know, if you if you know of a company that thinks it's going to explode and it's just in its infancy or it's in midstream right now, those are the things that you want to hold for the long term. But what you want to do as a millennial is buy and hold for the long term. Do not get out of the market because you you know you've taken a loss. Don't sell. You don't need to. You've got the luxury of time before you retire, especially in your IRAs or 401ks. But I would strongly encourage millennials to also not just start those types of plans, but also Roth IRAs as well. Right, exactly, because there are a lot of advantages in having a Roth, If you certainly if you can uh, income qualify for a Roth. Well, there's no doubt about that. Um, IRAs, Roth IRAs will allow you to grow without tax and then pull the money out income tax-free once you hit your, your golden age of retirement. And that's kind of the goal is to create as much tax-free income as possible because we know that taxes will be going up in the future. Right. That's one thing we can be absolutely certain about. Uh, so tell us a little bit about your book, kind of how the concept came about, and maybe if you have you know a favorite chapter or an idea that really stand out for you in the book. Well, sure. The whole book's premise was to teach people how to beat the inside game of Wall Street investing and avoid the media bias. Because we know if we hear something on TV and we invest in that, we usually end up losing, right? That's normally the way it works. And so there's a whole dynamic of inside information in the book that you're not going to get in the media. But my favorite chapter is uh, why reasons not to be in the market and, and some of the things that we describe in there, the fact that 40% of all stock market activity is corporate stock buybacks. You know, the big corporations like Apple and GM and IBM and Disney and Home Depot are buying back tens of billions of dollars of their stock on an annualized basis. This tenderizes and peppers the market to rise further by taking stock off the shelf and creating the false illusion of a better metric in its financials by doing that. And also less stock on the shelf, it means there's going to be more demand, right, for that share price sure. to rise. And so that's a problem. So that's a good chapter. But my favorite chapter is something called the Goldilocks Zone, and that is where to invest for the next 10 to 15 years and how to net 5%. Because whenever we've hit a perfect stock peak, like we're at, like we're at right now, eight or nine years of straight, pure stock market growth and never really a significant correction, we always go into a long 10 or 15-year period where the growth is absolutely anemic. There is no growth in the market, maybe 4 or 5% a year. And so what you want to try and do is, is get that book, read The Goldilocks Zone, and figure out what's best for you so you can net 5% without being market-centric. 
Yeah, I love that. Those are such, it's such great uh, chapter titles as well. I mean, they're definitely, you know, bringing a little in- intrigue to uh, reading about money for sure. So, well, yeah, that's, that's why we call it the Goldilocks zone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love that. I love that. So from your own personal money story, maybe share with us, uh, you know, a money lesson or two that you've learned along the way that have really transformed your, your thinking or your feeling about uh, personal finance. Well, you know, I'll, I'll tell your audience I'm 51. I don't tell many people that, but I started in the business when I was 19. And so I've got a long history there, and I've watched many market cycles, and people lose fortunes and make fortunes. And I'll be honest with you, the biggest mistake that I think people can make uh, in the millennial space is to not start saving now. In the 30s, we spend more money on our kids than we ever will. In our 40s, we spend more money on our furniture. In our 50s, we spend more money on retirement and paying down debt and savings. And so we got to do it backwards. We really need to start saving as much as possible because the time value of money says that if you start saving earlier, you're going to have six to seven times more in retirement than you would if you started later. And you know what those numbers are, Shannon. It's ridiculous. That's why we can't put an emphasis enough on starting to save as early as possible and as much as possible. Yeah, and and saving even in, you know, lots of different places. Is that not correct? You know, sometimes we think savings like, oh, they must just be talking about, you know, a savings account or maybe just my 401k, but but really thinking about savings as kind of a multi-tier approach, correct? Well, sure. I mean, obviously the stock market is one place you can save. Uh, putting money in a money market or a CD or a short-term account is, is another place you can save. But the savings, the, the amount of places you can save today is unbelievable between banks and brokerages and the number of investments that are out there. So you just want to start saving as much as possible and be diversified based on what your needs are uh, long-term and how much money you may need for liquidity. Yeah. And, and what do you think, you know, what do you think it's going to look like in the future? Because obviously we have this younger generation that, you know, we talked about this trust element. We talked about, you know, they, they tend to be a little bit more conservative when it comes to investing. And, you know, visually, maybe even just ponder with me, you know, what will it look like when, especially the younger 20 year olds, you know, get to that retirement age and, you know, everything's more expensive, healthcare is more expensive, and there just isn't that type of growth in retirement that you need over a long period of time. What does that look like as a society, as a generation? Well, you know, I'm really afraid because we have exploding deficits globally and we live in this debt-dependent world where we can't function without debt. And the, 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 the government debt across the globe is spiraling. We've literally taken debt from $52 trillion global and public-private back in 2007 to over $115 trillion in the same scenario over the same span. And that's really what's inflated these asset prices back up in real estate and the stock market is they basically use the same playbook they did in the 2000s where they, you know, they flooded the equity markets and they fill out the, the mortgage markets and the real estate markets with debt. We pretty much have done the same thing all over again. And so at some point, that debt cycle is going to pop, similar to how it popped in 2008 and 2009. And then what do they do? How do they create additional jobs? Because between attrition, people leaving the workforce, the need for new people coming out of college to have jobs, technology and the expectation of jobs, we really have a big sucking sound of jobs that are leaving on a permanent basis. And so that's going to be a tough time. So, I mean, you got to, in the interim, we got to make the best of it. But with spiraling deficits, it's anybody's guess, Shannon. 
Yeah, that's such great information. And I would imagine that uh, the listeners will get a lot of great insights reading your book. So tell the listeners where they can find you, where they can find the book and all those good details. Well, the book has a great website. It's financialplanningrightsideup.com. There's a couple of links to Amazon on there and a few pages that you can read and some other media appearances that I've done on on CNBC and a few other stations um, that are on the major networks that you can watch regarding my appearances. So uh, financialplanningrightsideup.com is the best place to either access Amazon or review the book yourself. So my thinking is, I mean, call me crazy, but my, my thinking really is, you know, if if like Jeffrey says, we're going to have these market fluctuations from time to time, it's just part of history. It's just the way the markets flow, that we also need to be able to not freak out when this stuff happens and also have a perspective that as long as we're saving, as long as we're putting money away, we are doing good for our future. We are providing ourselves with opportunities down the line. And, you know, the rest is going to sort itself out. But at least we're taking the measures that we need to to be smart with our finances. So, you know, it's not going to make the days where the market dips down a thousand points better. It's not going to make it easier for you to stomach it. But on those days, just don't look at your 401k balance, you know? That's the best way to not freak out is just don't look at the balance. Just keep putting money in. Just keep doing what you're doing. And, you know, your future self is going to thank you so many times over. I can't even begin to express it enough on this podcast. So as always, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Shauna Game. And if you love this podcast, do me a favor, share it with your friends, shout it out on social media, and head on over to the link in the show notes to leave us a five-star review. Everyone knows that putting money aside in savings is really important. But then what? Should you keep your savings locked in a CD for a higher rate or keep them liquid in a money market? Can your checking account help you save too? Or is it about creating the right combination? We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about the savings options that are right for you. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com. Member FDIC.